Hi there, I'm Mike Loder and you're watching Ticker Explores, the show where we take a look at the topics that are trending at the moment. Let's get started. Now, Netflix has discontinued its ad-free basic subscription service in certain countries, starting off with Canada and the UK, and that'll be happening in 2024, leaving a notable price increase for that baseline entry. So how might these changes impact Netflix's subscriber base and of course the revenue in the evolving streaming landscape? Aaron Young from Ticker joins me now, the founder, I should say. Welcome to the program. Hi there. Now, what do you reckon? Ad-free Netflix? Uh, well, I mean, it started off ad-free. That was the whole concept. That's that was how the they beautiful got us, part of it. That's <laughs> how they got us to get away from watching free-to-air television, right? Mm. The concept was no ads, watch dramas with no ads. And just as YouTube and Google and Facebook were all about getting away from ads, it's now all about ads and Netflix wants part of it. Now, the impact that that could have on local television stations around the world who rely on ads, yeah. you know, in Australia, Facebook and Google have something like 80% of the advertising spend goes towards them. So that goes to American companies. You add Netflix to it and yeah. you start to really wonder what happens to many of these local media companies relying on ads. I've found that when we're watching other streaming services that already have ads in, involved in it, it is quite a jarring experience. I just can't watch it. It I is mean, a jarring experience. Based I would on rather the, pay than yeah. have ads because it's not a huge amount of money, right? I pay for YouTube premium because at $10, it's just a far, far better experience rather than having to watch an ad every time I want to move to the, to another video. And they've they've out uh, they've done an update where they've outfought ad blockers as well, which now is a pain because they say, "Hey, well, you've got an ad blocker. We're on to you now." Yeah. Take it off. Well, look, I, I I personally am not a huge fan of ad blockers. I feel like um, it, it's pretty much like stealing content if you think about it. It's like part the way that the creators make their money is through ads, and you either pay for a subscription or you 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 watch the ad. What does the, you're a creator, I'm a creator, what does a creator get if everyone's using an ad blocker? Yeah, 100%. Well, let's move on to our next topic for the moment, which is still in the realm of streaming and entertainment. Now, the 96th edition of the Academy Award nominations has brought forth a prevailing cinematic inquiry for the season. Will it be the era of Barbie or Oppenheimer? Now, Aaron, what are your thoughts on this one? There's obviously a bit of discussion about this. Every yeah. year there's discussion about this. Well, it's huge, right? So Oppenheimer, obviously the big Christopher Nolan film, Christopher Nolan film that everyone was talking about, yeah. um, it really steamrolled cinema in 2023. As it should, it was big budget. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan. I expected it to be a bit more action-y. It felt like it was a three-hour documentary um, about someone losing their security pass interrupted by a nuclear explosion, which wasn't really that great. I, yeah. I thought that the build-up and the promotion of the film was better than the film. And be I really wanted to like it. I feel like Nolan is one of those people who you go along and, you know, as a content creator and somebody who's involved in cinema a lot of the time, it's like, you really want to like it. But I went IMAX and it was big faces on the screen for three hours. Yeah. And, and the really constant to... changing as well of the format from the kind of four by three to the 16 by nine vibe as well really got me. I didn't really appreciate it. And I, I do enjoy film, but I enjoy a film, not necessarily if I'm noticing the technical, I'm not really enjoying the film which is very interesting and i was the same sort of watching and going why is this worth it and then of course the bomb goes off in the centerpiece which is yeah. the centerpiece of the film which was really cool mm. but things like barbie but the way they shot that with the silence was odd i was kind of like so I've come, oh no i loved that i've come to imax to hear nothing no i loved that i thought that was very clever yeah, because of I course they, then you get the hit i would rather have heard the bomb and maybe had them silence about two hours of 
the talking. <laughs> the flip side. I would have enjoyed that a bit. Um, there's a lot right, of talk. Barbie. It's all about Barbie, right? I was so going to say. We, we've kind of led with the wrong thing. Barbie, the snub for Margot Robbie. Um, you know, your, your Instagram. Um, Shocking Oscar up. snubs for Barbie's Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie just proved the movie's point. What about the fact that there is a Best Supporting Actress nominee in there for Barbie? What well, point is it, or is that just proving the point yeah, of people but, like me who went to the film who said, what is the point of this film? You see, I look at the Barbie movie. It is not an Oscar film, to be honest. If you have a look at some of the greatest films that we remember from the 90s, they're not Oscar films for best actress or best picture. Yeah. This was not really a drama. It was more of a comedy trying to make a point. Yeah, and I guess that point was made for a big part of the community. Um, people out there absolutely love it. The word masterpiece was thrown around, which I can appreciate everybody's opinion. I agree with you in terms of the film itself. But wasn't? It's really subjective, right? Correct. I, I don't know, aside from you, anyone who enjoyed Barbie. People walked out. Um, I had a friend who he took his mum and she got up and said, this is crap, and walked out the door. Really? Yeah. Whereas I out. had I had group, uh, groups of female friends who thought it were was just amazing, the comments it was making, which I really appreciated. Well, that, that men are problematic and that women are great and that the men's world is bad and the women's world is great. Well, That's the fact what that I took the fact that I just thought, this... There was this TV show in the 1990s in Australia called Battle of the Sexes, and it's like this radio thing for women driving to work, Battle of the Sexes. I don't care about the battle of the sexes because it just feels like we it's this never-ending creates cycle. more division is, more that, is that division. kind of what you're why saying? do we want to celebrate more division no oh, i think it's it's a complicated one and it's point. one that you and i are not going to be you, able to unpack make, completely because point, we don't have but you can make the both point. sides here well, I, I disagree. I think you can definitely talk about things. Like yeah, the, of course. The, the point that we're making is, or that you made, was that um, there was something wrong with the nominees because Margot Robbie didn't make it in. Or Greta or Gerwig the, as the director. The director didn't yeah. make it in. Um, and in a way, it's not a popularity contest. The reality of the Oscars is most of the films, you think of the films like The Artist That Won, never seen it. A lot of the films that have won over the past five to ten years they're not films that do particularly well at the box office per se. Yeah. They're films that do something um, to society. Now, you could argue that the Barbie film pointed things out, but it did it change society. I don't know. Well, that's the problem that I mean, a lot of people are having. It, it should have changed. It should have been. And they're pointing out a lot. You know, you saw earlier on that guy, uh, the comedian who was making a few jokes about Barbie being blonde haired and big boobs and that sort of thing. The, the entire point of the film was to move on from that narrative. And I yeah, think people are missing it. Yeah, but it demonized men. That was the thing that I didn't enjoy. I, I kind of looked at it like, oh no, don't do this. Like you yeah. can make the point without demonizing people. Mm. Um, and the whole kind of the man's world is the bad world. and a, Patriarchy. Yeah, and, and that kind of, that might be the point they're trying to say, you mm -hmm. know, and, and you have a look at a lot of these award ceremonies and they've they've had all sorts of controversies about not having enough black nominees, um, as was the case for the Golden Globes. It got lost by the network. NBC ditched it at one point as well yeah. because of that, that concern that the risk that Hollywood has is that it becomes too woke to the point that audiences no longer want to go and see the film. And there's been discussion about that within the Marvel universe as well, watching them go from, you know, top tier to... Well, look at Disney, right? Disney has had Correct. to come out and say, all right, we've probably gone too far. Yeah. Because when the audiences are no longer going to the movies because they don't want to be bashed over the head about a topic, mm. you can blame the patriarchy, but 
you've got no money coming through the door. But cinema as a vehicle for change is obviously something that's been around for years, decades. They've always used media as a, as a vehicle for change within society. How yeah, no, effective no, that's, is it? That's, that's activism, right? And Interesting. there is a big concern, and there are a lot of producers who have come out and said, and famous actors, Clint Eastwood, etc., have said, at some point in the 1990s, activists took over Hollywood. Interesting. Now, I'm not suggesting that conservative values or blackface on actors is the way to go. Yeah. You just don't have to hit people over the head to make your point. Um, and I think that... that uh, we all go see great films with great female leads. Of course. And, and quite often you see um, in the awards ceremony when Best Actress uh, winner gets up on stage at the Oscars, she says, we need more great roles for great women. We need more great directors who are women. We need more. And I totally agree with that. When you, and, and speaking as, I, I guess, a member of the gay community, I look at it as I won't be happy about a gay film until it's so normalized that it isn't obvious. Yeah, once it's interwoven and we're it's not actually the, celebrating it. It's point that it's just such a big deal yeah. that turns me off. Yeah, well, it's a big deal until we sort of make the change, I guess. That's the discussion. Anyway, it's an ongoing one. We've got more to talk about. The doomsday clock is a symbol that represents the likelihood of a human-made global catastrophe in the opinion of members of the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists. We're talking Oppenheimer now, maintaining the clock since 1947. The clock is a metaphor for the threats to humanity from unchecked scientific and technological advances. Aaron, the clock has shifted today. No, it hasn't. It's still at 90 seconds. Oh, it's top. still at 90. Yeah, it's still at 90 seconds. Um, the point about it is that you've got to be really careful with these clocks, right? So yeah. um, obviously there's this group that's come together and it's to scare the bejesus out of all of us to say <laughs> we're getting really, really close to the end here. Now, number one, what good is that? What, what difference does it make? Most wars have been started over too many glasses of scotch where they've said, screw it, let's do it. Let's go invade Poland, right? And the trouble is, is that um, you know, part of the reasoning for them keeping the clock where it is ticking so close to midnight um, and midnight being when there's going to be this nuclear Armageddon, um, they're suggesting now it's not so much because someone will start a war, a right. nuclear war. It's more that with so many weapons that are now being constructed by China, Russia and the United States, Korea, there could yeah. be an accident. And that accident could tip off a tit for tat, which then turns into some sort of nuclear Armageddon. Yeah, and once those, well, I mean, you hope that mutually assured destruction keeps everyone at bay, right? That's the whole idea is to just go, hey, we've all got them. And then they end yeah, up playing, but, a, playing uh, in but this, I mean, you know. people wouldn't start wars at all if they were worried about, you know, about uh, mutually assured destruction, right? Mm. So Russia has, has gone and invaded Ukraine and they're not concerned about the ramifications whatsoever even though larger missile, I mean, as Einstein said, when the Manhattan Project came, this is the most useless weapon there is because it never kills the person that you're wanting to kill. It kills everybody else, but not the person you're wanting to kill. Yeah. And it is a, they are, the fact is we haven't had a world war since they were invented. So take that as well, right? But I think the fact is human beings never act unless they're on the precipice, mm. meaning that the idea that we're 90 seconds to midnight probably is what human beings always need. You're thinking that we live in this constant state of 90 seconds to midnight just because these weapons exist. Well, I think if we didn't, people, some dictator around the world might have an idea that would be bad, right? Mm. So that concept of we're always on the verge 
might keep, keep keep people at bay because nothing else seemed to work. I mean, we talk about the United Nations. They've been useless at stopping anything lately because yeah. the key members of the United Nations are the ones with all the nuclear weapons. And think about the, the, um, the League of Nations, which was the UN. That didn't prevent World War II. Yeah, yeah. And of course, NATO's doing what they can as well. There's lots of discussions yeah, going NATO's on. NATO's building up and that could lead to a nuclear war. So uh, because they're up against Russia, that is a nuclear power. So I think that um, the doomsday clock, we have to look at it and be really careful because it could, if it gets too close, it could make some crazy dictator say, I want to be the first, not the last. Yeah. Well said. All right, Aaron, another ongoing discussion. Thanks for joining me as always. Right, <laughs> I look forward to speaking to you again soon. All right, that's the program for now. Stay with us. There'll be more Ticker coming up. And of course, head to tickernews.co for news coming to you from all over the world. I'm Mike Loder. I'll see you again soon. You're watching Ticker. We'll have more in just a few minutes.